Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. Oh, I have my gardens. I was gardening last week. And the ground was so dry. Things were just wilting. They were shedding leaves. They were showing color too early. And I dug down and went, wow, I can't believe how dry the ground is. So I went out and last Sunday, I watered everything in the landscape by hand. I gave it a deep soak. I just took a just a fan spray at the end of a hose and I did certain sections of the landscape. And plants were happy. <laughs> the next day. It rained. I mean, come on. It rained twice this week at our house. I mean, it's kind of like washing the windows in your house or your car. It's If you water it, the rain will come. So anyway, that's good. The uh, landscape is much, much happier this week. So that that's good. We need some more rain. So it's it's, it's not done. We, we can get rained through. Well, we're coming down towards the end of monsoon, if we even saw it in northern Arizona. But... It's still potential for some more moisture. We need it. The landscapes need it. If your if your plants, uh, like I'm noticing in my neighborhood, aspens, uh, uh, the fruit trees, uh, strawberries, certain plants are wilting. Um, if you're seeing your plants go into color too soon, before everyone else, almost guaranteed, it's from lack of water, and your drip system isn't quite doing the job that you'd wanted it to. Because it's been so dry so long, that drip system, there's a little tear-dropped bubble in your soil that when the roots are growing through that, that's great. It can pick up some moisture, but your root structure on a tree, let's say a maple or an aspen or a sycamore, these are massive, massive root structures. And if you've got two emitters on there and it's it's got a little one-by-one-by-one-foot section of, of soil that's keeping moist. Well, that's not enough for a large tree it's during a drought, during long periods of dry weather. And so your plants can show up as yellow leaves. They start dropping leaves. They're dropping early. Uh, they turn off color. They become pale. They're just like people. They start losing their, their color on them. And so you need to hydrate that entire root mass. Every once in a while, take a soaker hose. Let it run for three, four hours. Don't overdo it. I mean, once a month is probably enough. But if you don't see water, any kind of rain for a month, and your drip system isn't quite extensive enough, then you need to go ahead and hand or supplement watering uh, your landscape. That's what I did this week. If you need to, often we need to maintain or tune up our drip irrigation system. And this is any landscape that's over four or five years old, you you definitely need a tune-up. I tune my irrigation up uh, every year. Go through and walk the lines, look for emitters that are broken, coming off, rabbits ate the head off, gophers ate, ate through the half-inch line, uh, spaghetti tubing's not long enough, need to cut off that original emitter, put a T in, and put, now put two instead of just one emitter just to expand that irrigation as the plants need more moisture. And so that's something that plays out. We've been seeing that here at, here at Waters Gardens or here in Prescott. 
I don't know what Flagstaff, the White Mountains, some of you folks are looking at. I'm sure that the, the Kingmans and Paysons and Prescotts and the Camp Verdes and folks, we, we're, we've been dry right here. As you go up at an elevation, maybe you get a little bit more moisture. I don't know. For your yard, if you've not seen any, any rain, any natural occurring moisture, then you need to supplement that. And it, it's important. Another thing you really want to do right now, you want to do it now through, let's say, the end of October. Uh, you're starting to see a little bit of, of fall color. So the sumacs are, are the leading indicator of autumn. It's officially autumn now. It's The calendar says it's autumn. The weather might say it's still summer, but that's why we live here. It's just a nice, we have Indian summers, many false uh, it feels like fall, then it goes back to summer. feels like fall, goes back to summer. That's the way spring is. It feels like winter. Oh, it's spring. And then it goes back to winter. Then it's spring. It just is these, it's an altitude thing. It's because the elevation that we live in, you see these extremes. And so enjoy it. We'll have some nice, a week of beautiful, stunning fall color, fall weather. Just everything's perfect. You can break out that light jacket, maybe wear some long pants. You know, it's just kind of, you're thinking through, ah. It's finally, so you sleep better at night, and then it gets warm again. And so that just happens. But your plants, they they can dry out uh, a lot. And so you need to supplement that, or they'll they'll tell you. They're talking to you. So the gardener can, can drive through a neighborhood at 25 miles an hour, and they can spot which yards are, are suffering because they're in tune with the plants. They so just know what to look for. If you're in trouble, you just don't know, bring a sample in. We've got a microscope here at the here, here at the garden center in Prescott, and we put it under the microscope. We look for bugs, disease, spotting, or we can just say, "Up, oh, nope, it looks like up the water." Give it this fertilizer. The fertilizer you need to feed plants with everything in the landscape, from a perennial to a to a rose bush to a shrub to flowering, you know, crepe myrtles and rose sharons, uh, Russian sage, all the way down to strawberry patches. Everything in the yard should be fertilized in the next month. By Halloween, everything. This is the most important feeding of the entire year, and I cannot emphasize that enough. Folks don't feed their plants enough here in the mountains of Arizona. We just don't have a lot of soil. We don't have a lot of nutrients. And so you you just need to replenish that. And your plants have used it up because they've flushed all this new growth. They've been blooming all summer. And they need to have a replenishment. They, they're hungry. And so if you don't do that, what will happen is by December, in just a couple months, it won't, ha- won't take very long at all, your evergreens will start to turn yellow, or we call it winter chlorosis, or yellowing of the foliage. Uh, your fall color, it just will not happen. It'll be muted, or it won't be red. It'll be orange or yellow even. So you'll lose your fall colors. Uh, so this fertilizing in the fall, usually the month of October. So you got a month to take your time. If you're traveling or you're going out or you just don't feel like it, uh, that's fine. But do it in the next two, three, four weeks. You need to fertilize everything in the yard. And might I suggest, do not feed with a chemical fertilizer. It just is not good for the plants. Kills off your soil. It kills the worms. If you put a chemical on there, Scott's Turf Builder or a miracle Grow, some of those things, it actually does more damage than good to your soil. The plants are happy, but then all your, your mycorrhizal colonies, your fungi, your, your beneficial insects, your worms, 
they're all damaged. And so they're the ones helping or use, symbiotically working with your plants. So use an organic food. We make two here at Waters Garden Center. One's called all-purpose plant food. It's a 744 mix. It's cottonseed meal and bird guano and some fairy dust. I mean, it's really good stuff. It re plants love it. But the beauty with organics, you put it on, and over the next three months, it feeds. So basically through winter, it feeds that plant. And so the plants, in, in northern Arizona, we don't shut down. The plants don't, we don't have a frost line really, or if it is, it's very shallow. So the plants are actively using moisture, using food through winter. So they're going to use that food to form next spring's flower bud. Spring hits about March, so you need to fertilize now so that you can prepare your March gardens for better flowers, more fruit, better roses, better color, better vegetables. There's a lot of benefits, but the plants are using this, the food you put on right now, for next spring's growth. This is so important. I cannot even remotely emphasize enough how the fall, if you don't feed any other time of year, now is the most important, especially for evergreens, especially for things that fruit and bloom in spring, lilacs and forsythia and quince. You need to fertilize now because it's using that food for next spring. Then it might be time. Tune up your irrigation. Make sure the plants are getting enough moisture. Or if you don't, just hand water. That's okay. I kind of blend the two. So I've got eight valves that run our irrigation front and back at the house. I got way more than that here at the garden center. Uh, but at the house, eight valves. So the containers in the backyard on their own system. Containers in the front yard. They're on two systems, the, the flowering shrubs and trees on their own system, the evergreens on their own system, the herbs and vegetables on their own system. So I just break it up so I can be more exacting. So we're pretty efficient with water, but it's just not enough. Rain is what really makes plants happy. And you can mimic rain in your own backyard simply by hand watering or, and maybe even tuning up or adding to your drip irrigation. I've got Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red fox sedge. Fox sedge has striking clumps of red foliage that fades to flocks, giving off a warm glow. An attractive foliage effect in container gardens, perennial beds, and fountain accents. A good choice in poor draining pockets along dry stream beds and beside large landscape boulders. You'll find foxy red grasses, just $17, here at Waters Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. Gardening has always come natural to me. Green thumbs, they just run in the family. So when the Family Garden Center was offered to Lisa and I, we jumped on the opportunity. I've always loved coming to the nursery, being surrounded by all the beauty, helping the backyard gardener and passing on some of that natural magic that happens so easily for me. We aren't just selling plants, we're offering garden success. My name is Ken Lane, owner, and you'll feel the magic here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? What are you seeing? And at the garden center here, 
we, we know what everyone's, what is that thing blooming? We can tell you because everyone else is asking the same thing. What is this bug? Is it dangerous? Yes, you should do this. It's hitting all of the trees or the shrubs or the whatever the plant is. All the tomato worms are on all the tomatoes, not just your backyard. There's some value in sharing just what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. Lisa, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, so nice to have you back. 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 Did I go somewhere? We don't go. We don't (laughs) hang out in the same circles. You tend to run the guards. You're the general manager of the garden center. And I'm the promoter business, so I go out in the community and speak and do accounting, attorney stuff, all that other small biz, unclog toilets, <laughs> all of that kind of stuff, facilities. I, and I help customers, but you're the frontline mm-hmm. vendor, customer. If there's an issue, I go, Lisa, could you handle this? Yeah, just do. And I do. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. <laughs> well, it's, it's just work, you know, it's... Most of it is fun. There's yeah. always that the it staff is. gets uh, put down by a few things. I kind of go, yeah. listen, that's the knucklehead factor. There's always, we're going to help 300 customers today. There's always one knucklehead that brings the entire team down. Yep. And I wish they would shop at my competitors. I have to do that every once in a while. Going, please don't come back. Go shop here. Bother them. But mostly, folks are just. A oh, pleasure are. to work with. They're just so 99% great. 99% of the people yeah. we come in contact with are amazing. They're wonderful. They have yeah. good attatudes. They want to learn. But it's that, that one, you it know, can, can, can that spoil. just kind of makes you go, As a manager or owner, that, that's kind of what our job is to deflect that or put that shield mm-hmm. up and keep the knucklehead factor from affecting the team because that can ripple through and affect the other 299 customers through yep. the entire entire thing so anyway and enough about we're in a garden center it's i know beautiful <laughs> some people just need to <laughs> take a deep breath breathe slower slow down and you Smell know what i think it flowers. is it's 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 community fatigue it's covid fatigue people yeah. are just they're tired they're worn out and so you see it play out every once in a while most folks we hear come in just this is my therapy session <gasps> oh i just want to take it all in i might buy something I might not. I'm just here. Mm-hmm. And that's what we love to see. And some are just grumpy. They're just, they're just, they're just I th- I community fatigue. I think they're they just need, tired. You're right. And I think, and it's been so hot. It had been yeah. hot. Now we're in the most beautiful time of the year. Yeah. I love oh fall. This is, I'm so glad it's fall. But it's cooler. People can be outside in their own yards a little bit more. And maybe, maybe the happiness factor will go up. So happiness is happiness is affected by weather. It actually is by it wind, is. by moon. It actually does. If you're in retail, it actually does play out. It does. I've heard that from teachers too. Mm-hmm. Going, yeah, the moon and the wind. It's really the weather does. You know, rain actually makes people grumpy. Rain. So, what is this rain? rain you I know. <laughs> yeah. Although we did so, get some garden questions. Oh, okay. Should we? Uh, yes. Be informative too. We should. So Ty is putting in a new lawn from seed. Yeah. And he heard from us that October is a great time to do that. So he's getting his soil ready. He wants to know, should he add gypsum into that soil or is it kind of waste or is there better things he should be mixing in? So yeah, that's a myth that really goes around and around. If you read the internet, it really gets confusing. Uh, Gypsum, when you read the bag, it says melts rock, (laughs) makes soil soft as a pillow, makes all things grow. That is not true. That's total marketing myth stuff. Here's what gypsum or calcium sulfate really does. It's a mineral. 
It's organic. It's good. It cannot hurt. But will it help a lawn or, or garden? What it does is, is that white stuff that builds up in your toilet or your, your bathtub or your sinks, that, that calcium or that mineral deposit, that also builds up and clogs your soil. And so you put gypsum on to help flush the soil out and get open up the pores so the water will go through it. It does not make rock. Water doesn't go through rocks or slate or any of that stuff or caliche. It's not going to help melt that stuff down. Water won't penetrate that. But if it clogs up like a clay soil, it makes a big difference. With lawns, it can help you. But really what's going to do more good is going to be organic matter. That's manures, mulch, compost. It would composted materials. What happens is you're tilling that upper layer soil where the roots are going to go down. You want as deep a root structure as possible with the lawn. You want to add about a two to three inch layer of organic material, usually compost, that uh, you'll till down to one shovel's depth or one rototiller or one, however you're doing that. You turn it under. Now that'll keep that soil from compacting back down so the roots can actually get through all that soil so you'll have a deeper root structure. So if you had to choose between gypsum or another wheelbarrow or five bags of you know, premium mulch, go with the mulch every single time because it's actually changing the structure of the soil, not helping change the chemistry or the pH of the soil. It's actually changing how the roots can get through that. And we've got a handout here at the Garden Center. It's called the 10 and a half tips on starting a new lawn. It's a great time to start a new lawn, add to a lawn or overseed. So mm-hmm. March and October are your two peak windows for grass. This is turf type of of mowing grass. You can plant ornamental grass like pampas grass or coral forester, bunny grass, fescues, anytime you want. But mowing grass, Mm -hmm. things you're going to kick a, you know, wrestle on and play soccer on with the kids, let Fifi go tinkle on. Those things are best started March and October. Okay. What about the, um, like the wildflower grasses and the revegetative grasses? Is now a good time for those or is there a better time? Yeah, no, that you can start those right now. That's a great time. It'll actually do very, very well. Uh, that's, we've got two types of wild grasses. These are not made for mowing. They're just made Mm -hmm. for like meadow appeal or repair the scars of construction. Uh, March and, and October are again, the best time to start any kind of grass out in the yard. Okay. All right. Good answers. Our next question is from Lori. She's putting in two pampas grass into her yard yeah. this year. And she wants to know if they should ever be cut back and when. And how should they be watered through the winter time? Yeah, good questions. So right now you're going to water it just like you would all your other trees and shrubs through oh, about November, Thanksgiving, somewhere in there. At middle of November, somewhere in there. You're going to water it probably a couple times a week. Then, in the winter, you can back that off to a couple times per month. You do want to water, especially new things in the fall, at least two times a month. Um, If you get a real heavy snow, and a heavy snow meaning like we're buried, you're not going anywhere for two days, uh, you know what kind of snow that is up in the mountains, Mm -hmm. Uh, then then you could back one of those off and do it one time a month. But, But you should water things. Pruning, especially big grasses. This is a mistake many folks make. They never prune their pampas grass back. And so in spring, they'll start to have the dead limbs from winter with the green stems of, of mm. spring, and it looks it looks off-colored. Right. So usually in the month of March, just pick a nice day, any time in March. It doesn't matter. And cut it right back to about knee-high, 
You'll see where the curly cues at the bottom of pampas grass is. Maybe it's 8 inches, 12 inches off the ground. Cut it back to there. Fertilize it with the all-purpose plant food, and it will magically just start growing. New limbs coming out. Pampas grass, too, if yours is not blooming right now, that's a nutrient thing. You didn't fertilize it enough. You need to fertilize more. Pampas grass are very heavy feeders. And so I put uh, all-purpose plant food, it's a 744 mix, on our pampas grass three times a year. Mm-hmm. So spring, summer, and October. We'll do it three times. And if you do that with that all-purpose food, you will have the most magnificent plumes coming out. It should be just should be covered in huge, plumpy, fat, just chubby plumes. If they're thin and wispy or you just don't have enough, that's always a nutrient thing. I guess maybe it could be grubs or, or gopher or something mm-hmm. under there, but but usually, almost always, it's a nutrient thing. If your lilacs didn't bloom, your crepe myrtles didn't bloom, if something wasn't as colorful as you as you wanted this year, fertilize it more. These big blooming plants are very heavy feeders, and they can't just do it on a drought. You know, no water, irrigate once a week, maybe kind of kind of <laughs> diet. It needs some substantial steak and potato kind of stuff. Something besides what, just a liquid. Yeah. A lot of people oh, yeah. are using liquids and think they're going to work, and they yeah. don't. Shrubs. So you need a granular for most things in the yard. Liquids or water solubles are very good for container gardens. Uh, small plants like flowers, all of that. So that's the difference. Come talk to us and we can show, point you right in what, what to do that magnificent campus grass in your backyard. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maples, spicy mums, glamour kale, and burning bush. Waters Compact Burning Bush is a neat, well-behaved shrub prized for its blazing red foliage in the fall. Looks great when planted with autumn gold sumacs, lilacs, and gold euonymus. At six foot, this bush makes a natural hedge that burns red through autumn, all for $49. You'll find the showiest shrubs here at Waters Garden Center. Siri, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. You might say I've been part of the local garden scene even before birth. My father started the very first garden center in northern Arizona and ran the family business with my mother, even while she was pregnant. The nursery was my preschool, with many joyous after-school hours spent playing in the family business. Waters isn't just a garden center. It's a safe place for kids and pets alike. My name is Lisa Waters Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So I've been doing quite a bit of gardening through the front backyards at at the Lane Casa. We're actually going through and, and... Jack decorating, just getting rid of some of the old summer stuff and freshening things up. So in the very front, right by the street, it is spectacular. I mean, it's just Russian sage, autumn sage, salvia gregii's. It's just be- garas out there. It's just beautiful, backdropped behind some 
some Spartan junipers. It's just this layered, tiered, almost formal, but still has this, because the plant material, it feels natural. And then there's roses, all kinds. It's, it's very, very nice. It's a presentation. As you drive down the street, it goes, wow, this is a great street. I want my neighbors to be proud of it. Just you want your neighbors to, to shine on your street. And this, this kind of does that. I had originally, when I put that landscape in, this is probably seven, eight years ago, I had put some evergreens in there. Mainly, it's, it's deciduous shrubs. They're going to lose their foliage and their flowers by Christmas and just be naked through winter. You'll hardly see that landscape together. I'll prune it back the end of February, March, fertilize it, and they'll start to flush back all over again. So there's a rest period. Uh, most blooming plants need this type of resting to be able to set the stage for next next growing season. And so I had some evergreens in there when the thin when the landscape was thin. And so I put some cotoneaster, uh, coral beauty to be exact. It's a creeping uh, cotoneaster. It's an evergreen, white flowers in spring, red berries in the, now through fall. And they, they'd grown, but now they were big. The Russian sage was big. The autumn sage was big. The Spartans, are, everything is big. And it was starting to look crowded. And so the cotoneasters, they, they were starting to be heat stressed too. I think I had too many plants competing for the emitter heads out there in the front landscape. And so everything suffered and it started to come down. And so I went through this week and I popped those babies right out of the ground. I went, I know you're alive. I know you look pretty good, but you don't fit my plan anymore. And you're bringing me down. And so I pulled out three of those and I threw them away. I mean, I just, they came out pretty easy. So ground covers usually have a, a spreading type of, type of kind of foliage and their roots spread very shallowly, shallowly underneath that foliage. The foliage shades the roots so that they don't have to root real deep. They just kind of follow the, 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 the top growth. And so I just took it out, maybe took 10 minutes, maybe, to pop out both of those. And boy, did it make the, it changed the entire look and feel of the front landscape. If you've got plants, we've gone through this growing season, plants have grown a lot. If you've got plants that maybe are, are older, more mature, and they're just feels crowded, it's okay to thin those things out. Take one out. Try it. Prune it way back. See how it feels. If it does feel better, cut it right off to the ground. Get rid of that thing. So if you've got a plant that is heat stressed or, or, or drought ridden, it just it never truly performed. This is a great time to to take notes and go, well, oh, no, that didn't work out. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, this is way too old. That's too, it's, it's just not performing. Either garden on it so it actually rebounds and comes back, or I'm a strong believer in just resetting. I mean, we live in America, the greatest country that's ever existed on the planet ever. And so for, for 1999, you get a brand new plant. You don't have to be stuck with, I know it's a living, breathing thing. Some of you gardeners, I know you cannot, you think it's like killing puppy dogs or something out in the yard. It's just a plant. You can cut it back, thin it, prune it, or replace it at will. And so I did that on a few of my containers out in the front landscape. I'm kind of going through now and going, you know, I'm just tired of you. I'm, that's it. I want something fresh and new. Now, you got to remember, I do own a garden center. We've had lots of plants come in this week. 
And so it's like it's kind of like Christmas for for gardeners. You open up those truck doors, you see what's fresh from the farm. They're in full bloom. I mean, sometimes frogs and butterflies jump out of the back of the the the, the trailer with them. They're just it's wonderful. You see a new variety of butterfly bush or a new rose, a new something new, and you go, whoa, I've never seen that before. I want to try it. And so I do. I'm a gardener. I like plants. I like trying something new. I don't mind swapping things out. So I did that with the containers in the backyard. I brought two beautiful new uh, containers home. They're big. I think I'm going to grow Italian cypress in them. I'm not quite. I'm still trying to figure it out. Still playing with it, but they're placed. They're right there, right in between all the the patio furniture, so sofas and that kind of stuff. They're sitting right there. I'm thinking it's a big spired, something big and green would be beautiful through the end of the year. So I'm playing with that, and then it just kind of some things were too small. Then my small pots compared to the big pots, they looked puny. Went okay, you're out. Uh, these two replaced you, so now I don't need as many pots. And so I'm playing with that spacing, uh, the the layering of the gardens. I think we need to do that more. So if you bought that house that had been sitting idle or had an older person in it, they just couldn't garden for the last 10 years, but they were gardeners in their youth. Some of those gardens look really overgrown. They're fire hazards. There's rats everywhere. I mean, it just they're overgrown. It just looks dark and over, just overdone. It's okay to thin those things out. It's okay to remodel and put your own plants in. Have it be your, put your thumbprint on your landscape. I'm giving you permission. Be right back after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Water's October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, Arizona creeper, spicy mums, and glamour kale. Few flowers are more elegant in fall than water's glamour kale. The autumn colors are perfect for containers, beds, and borders. And it's so easy to grow. This unique Prescott selection is an award winner for cold hardiness, intense red, purple flowers in a frilly package, all for $9. You'll find bright fall flowers here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week. This is just her segment to share what's going on in her garden minds, her garden heart, just that we can share over the airwaves so people can pick up a tidbit or two, not just from a man's perspective, but a, but a woman's perspective as well. You know, you get 10 gardeners in a room, ask them a, a garden idea, and you'll get at least 12, 15 opinions or ideas. <laughs> and so there's more than one way oh, to to garden. So mm-hmm. welcome back to the studio, Lisa. Well, thank you. So we did actually go out this week. We should share that. So we actually ventured out. With our masks on, we said, okay, we've not had sushi since uh, March. Yeah. We love 
raw fish. That just sounds odd over the airwaves, but sushi. We had four rolls from uh, uh, Fujiyami's up in the Frontier Village here in Prescott. Mm-hmm. Had edamame, miso soup. Oh, so good. Oh, ah, more soy sauce. No, no, oh, no. I should not go into my Asian. But it's so it's fun. It's not even a good. I mean, it's not even. No. That's because I'm not in costume. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's bad. No. It was good. They did a great job. It was very, it was excellent. Yeah, really we'll enjoyed it. It wasn't too crowded. It wasn't, it was kind of spaced right. It mm-hmm. did good. They, you could tell they were working to space people yeah. out and they had some outside seating, yeah. which looked really nice. So. Very nice. I think I a lot that. of the restaurants, I noticed the Raven was doing that. Yeah. I think Rose's downtown. They're trying to get more outdoor seating. Which for here is perfect. Yeah. I mean, there's so many times you can sit outside and it's gorgeous. Even with a little heater or something. Like mm-hmm. we have our back patio. We use it all the time. Just throw a heater on. Those down. Mm-hmm. You've got several types of patio heaters. It just warms it right up. It almost yeah. feels better that way. More romantic. <laughs> <laughs> went out and had a father-daughter uh, date afterwards. We went up to the picture show up uh, at front of Frontier Village. That's the one with the reclining seats in it. It's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And saw the New Mutants uh, Marvel the new movie. Mutant. Yep, New Mutants, <laughs> as opposed to the old yeah. Mutants. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I didn't come up with the title. <laughs> Terrible poster, too. But oh, really? We won't go with that. It's a Marvel movie. They're all uh, the same. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and we were the only one. We had one other couple in this entire theater, huge theater. One other. There, there were four people watching this movie. Yeah. So no one's out to movies yet. I felt very safe. Yeah, and I could see that. I mean, and, and they've released so many of the movies to stream, so I think people are just like, well, I'll watch it yeah. at home with my own popcorn in my own recliner. You, want, there's something, you know, you walk into the theater and you smell that popcorn. It's not you very just, nice. No, I thought it was <laughs> great, but I'm know, a popcorn you, guy. You're you not. like it. I walk in and go, ugh. The red vines were so soft. Oh, were they they soft melted in your mouth. It, yeah. You've read my, my little red vine gal. <laughs> anyway, we should go over... Um, Garden tips. What, what sure. do you got for us? What's, what's going on? Well, I was walking through the nursery yard. We got some new trucks in of some beautiful oh. stuff. And the, and the trucks kind of got, we almost didn't get our trucks because they were stuck in Oregon and yeah. California with the fires. So it was exciting to see new stuff in. Uh, but I also made me think, because you redid almost our whole backyard. The, all the containers, yeah. you pulled out some ugly old ones, you switched them all around so they were grouped i you told me your grouping thoughts but i can't remember it all <laughs> you Wait, were you know what it really was we got some new pottery in here at the garden center i saw two do... brand new pots and went oh uh, those are so pretty mm-hmm. it make the back patio feel like a living room i'm taking two home and then it it just snowballed from there and i had to get rid of some <laughs> was that so. domino effect yeah. <laughs> It was like a whirlwind back there for a few days. It was almost scary. But it looks very, very nice and very lovely. And so for people at home that are thinking, hey, it might be a good time to shake up a few things in the landscape or in your pots, um, we got some really pretty things for you. So we did get some uh, Grace and Grits roses. It's a series of roses. Um, They come in yellows and pinks and blue, or not blue, yellow, pinks, reds, and a pink and white. And they're more of a shrub rose, so they get four by four. So great for containers. If you want to grow roses in containers, they are the perfect one for that. And I think, 
I may be wrong, but I think late summer into fall, I think roses look their best. They do. That's when they they're they're most gorgeous. There's no insects. They're, they they're, the soil's warm. Mm-hmm. They're heavily budded. They got all that new foliage. It's just a. This is when now through Thanksgiving is when. Right. These roses just shine. Oh, they're beautiful. And these shrub roses are gorgeous. They got buds on them. They got blossoms on it. Definitely would spruce up a a patio or a yard. We got some more of the floral carpet roses, which is more of that shorter spreading rose. Does quite well here. We got pink supreme and we got some red and we have some amber. Um, They're great for those low uh, perennial beds or something where you're not one thing super tall and huge but really nice pretty color you know i'm thinking about we got all those pink supremes coming down the driveway mm-hmm. and and so they've gotten they've been in like 10 years yeah they're getting a little they're looking kind of i was contemplating popping them out and that's okay with them. and throwing them in the trash <laughs> compost pile because i'm just tired of it putting in what? red i was thinking about putting oh, red carpets just straight red yeah, oh, that'd just be straight red right down the car right down the driveway mm-hmm. it's maybe six roses yeah it take very long yeah. They're just replacing them. So the, sometimes plants get tired where you just got to, they just need to freshen up. I they agree. just use their vitality. They're, they're not young and vibrant and just active. They're just old and tired and wrinkled. And just kind of, they like sit us. there and, boy, well, okay, a little <laughs> bit, yeah, somewhat. <laughs> Anyways, I'd be down with that. You can do that. Um, we got two new different varieties of butterfly bush in. One's called True Blue Butterfly. Very, very pretty. It's kind of a, it does have much more blue look to it. Usually butterfly bushes have that purple, yeah. lavender look. But true blue, it gets about four to five foot tall and wide. And then we got a Cran Raz a butterfly bush in. Gets a little bit bigger, five, six feet. A really pretty color, blossoms on them, just bright. This is, they're again, they just look fabulous this time Do of year. Do you have any lo and behold butterfly bush out there? No. The ground, the ground cover? Mm-hmm. Maybe, I, maybe I don't put roses out. We could put... Ground cover butterfly bush out there. I think just I'd totally like the roses better. The butterflies. Who doesn't love butterflies? I like the look of roses. Okay, yeah, I agree. I agree. But okay, I done. could go either I'm way. I'm testing. Testing <laughs> waters. I know you are. Um, we also got in some gorgeous hookahs. One is called Midnight Rose, and the other was Grand Amethyst. So these oh, are neat. really purple and dark reds. They would look so cool in containers yeah. with put like a red fox sedge grass in there yeah, with the hookahs, maybe a few pansies. That would be such a dynamic fall color pot. It would be absolutely gorgeous by the front doors with some pumpkins if around. If anyone it. needs help, you know, we should tell folks hookra, coral bells is what your grandparents called it, but mm-hmm. hookra, same thing. There's some fabulous new colors coming out. But if anyone gets confused, they just don't know how what to add or they're mm-hmm. not sure, take a picture. We could. We could help oh, sure. you design mm-hmm. or give it a measurement on your pots. We can just design them right there in the shopping carts, help you put things together so mm-hmm. they match and just look fabulous. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a fun time to change over from those, yeah. those summer colors to the fall colors. I noticed when I walk through the neighborhoods, people are getting their fall yeah. decorations up. So yep. much fun. Uh, we also have some ivory feathers, pampas grass that came in, which is that if you've ever been to our store in the parking lot, right when you come in, we have three. Three ivy feathers. Two. No, it is three. Yeah, is I forget. Three? They're just massive. They're, they're huge, <laughs> but they're gorgeous. Everybody goes, "What are those?" Because they're just so pretty, and I think they're a much better cultivar than the regular pampas yeah. grass. Yeah, regular you know, the standard size, the dwarf variety. So the foliage gets up about head high. 
then the flowers stand above that. The regular one or the pink one mm -hmm. uh, stands up 10, 12 feet high. It's like twice as tall. Just it's unmanageable and it's a dirtier. The ivory feathers has a has a cleaner, purer plume to it. Um, much nicer, much nicer. We also got in some multi-trunk uh, Amer maples. Oh, yeah. So Amer maples have that. They're not as big as the big, uh, what's what, autumn blaze, yeah. red maples like that. They have a little smaller leaf to them, a little bit more like a Japanese maple, uh, but multi-trunk, but the fall color, ooh, spectacular fall color. The other name for that is flame maple so amber mm -hmm. maple flame same thing so it's flaming red so it's a great time to plant mm -hmm. i'd say fall really fall is your best time fall is for planting right. you can't go wrong uh, by planting especially these bigger things you're mentioning sure this is the time when they really shine thank you lisa for coming in sharing the uh, new things you'll find here at waters Gardens that you can plant actually mm -hmm. in the autumn of the season and enjoy here in the mountains of arizona okay ken and lisa lane and the mountain gardeners will be right back Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, Arizona creeper, spicy mums, glamour kale, and Prescott blaze maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire, thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters in-home garden service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Every landscape should have some herbs. And I came up with a list. I was looking at going through the garden center, came up with a list of two, four, six, seven herbs that are evergreen. They're perennial. Maybe well, are all these evergreen? Most of them are. Uh, some will take a break, uh, but you plant them once, and you never have to plant them again. So they're perennial. They keep coming back over and over and over. And we gotta start out number one of all. There's two, I guess, big rock stars in the, in the herbal world. And that's rosemary and lavender. Both of them look really good. Both of them are evergreen. And animals do not bother or eat or even fudge, fiddle with herbs. They don't like the taste and smell. It messes with their senses. And so they will not eat rosemary. They will not bother a lavender. But those are two big shrubs. They get up. Rosemary can be, there's two types of rosemary. A, a shrub variety like Tuscan blue gets up, oh, hip to chest high or so. And then there's ground cover varieties. They get up ankle high, a little bit taller, and they spread across. They're great at the front edge of, of raised beds, 
uh, at the edge of rock lawns where they just spread out and these look good. Uh, mine are in bloom right now. So quite often, rosemary will bloom twice a year. Usually in March, they start to bloom. The bees will come out and forage for them. They're very hungry right then, so it's considered a pollinator. And they bloom again as we cool down right through the end of the year. Rosemary is a great evergreen plant, and you can cook with it. It's the same variety. Lavenders, there's a lot of different varieties of lavenders, so French and English and Spanish. There's lots and lots of lavenders, and we sell them all. Uh, but those are... It's got a more wispy or more, it's almost a silvery blue color to the foliage. So totally different than that rich green that rosemary has. But they all have this beautiful blue flower that hovers on top of the, the foliage. Now, mine aren't in bloom right now. They're mainly a summer, late spring summer bloomer. But the foliage always looks good. Another one I like to use a lot, especially in my container gardens, um, chives and onions. And here's why. It seems weird, but... I use it as a deflection point. Again, animals don't like herbs. So I'll plant a chive. It has this pretty upright structure to it. So it's very interesting foliage to it. And then it puts a scent on that hides the smell of my pansies or snapdragons or dusty miller or some of these other, you know, hookers. It hides the other smells so the javelina are less prone to jump up in my containers and want to eat things. So I use it that way. And then I can harvest it as at will. So the onions are looking really good right now and the chives are looking fantastic. Mint. Mint is just... Uh, we, I've got several varieties of mint because they're, they're just so hardy. I've got chocolate mint, pineapple mint, strawberry mint, uh, spearmint, peppermint, all, lots of mints. I'll use them underneath my hose bibs uh, where the water, I don't water them. I just let the water from the hose as I'm done watering through the day. Just water that. It keeps it in check. All right, good, that looks good in containers. So it's a great one to, to really you plant it once and then you'll have to keep it in control because it wants to take over. But it's a great plant for the mountains of Arizona. Oregano does it similarly. Oregano, I love golden oregano. Great for Italian cooking. I actually use it in salsa sometimes if I'm out of coriander or, or um, a cilantro. Uh, so it's, it's a great versatile but very handsome, very pretty type of, of herb that you plant once, keeps coming back year after year. So an herb I planted, had a golden oregano I planted as a four inch three or four years ago. It's now three, four feet across, just this beautiful mat of, of, of oregano. It's just very pretty. Creeping thyme. Again, there's lots of types of thyme. Of thyme, I've got entire thyme lawns. But thyme is an evergreen herb perennial, and it reseeds very, very easily. So that's the beauty of, of creeping thyme. So it gets up maybe ankle high. I mow mine. If you're going to do a lawn, you don't have to ever cut on it at all, but you can use it in the kitchen as well. Uh, but I mow mine, the, the actual lawn piece, a couple times a year. I just cut it back a couple weeks ago so that it can flush some new growth. And so through winter, you know, after about Oh, mid-November, so it stops growing. It just kind of locks in place and stays there. I want it to look perfect when it gets cooler. So I just want it to look its, its manicured perfection. So I sacrificed a few flowers, get this pink flower to it, in order to, to have it look good for the next six months. I'll prune it again, ah, March, April, somewhere in there. And it just keeps, and that's the only thing I do. I water it about once a week, and that's and it looks great. Dogs like to roll in it, makes them smell good. It takes their dog feet and their dog 
they they can do their business out in the time lawn. Doesn't seem to spot too bad, and hopefully it did that delicately. Anyway, that's that's a another good herb. We grow herbs better at this elevation than probably anywhere else in the country. We don't get a lot of leaf spot. We don't have all the issues that some of the more humid areas get. And we've got a lot more diversity that we can grow because we're a mild four-season climate. And it's one of the few things you can plant out there that the deer, the rabbits, the javelina, the elk, the, the things don't seem to want to eat and nibble on and lift up and create chaos. My nemesis is uh, rabbits. And javelina, oh my gosh. And so I've got all kinds of defenses to, to play with them, but I've just switched over to a lot of herbs because they don't like those. And so it just makes gardening easier. Another one that maybe you haven't heard of or, or not as familiar with, but marjoram. Marjoram is a tremendous herb. It gets It's sort of like oregano, only it's taller. It's like three times the height, more ball-shaped. gets up Oh, one by one by one, something like that. Kind of a, whereas, whereas oregano is more of a ground covery kind of thing. It spreads by roots and rises underneath the ground. This one actually stands upright much better. It's actually from the mint family. Marjoram's from, it's actually a mint, but it's a very mild mint. It's like if you were to blend mint with, with oregano together, that would be the flavor and the taste. It's used often in Mediterranean type of, of dishes. But it's just a pretty herb, low maintenance, low water, full sun. Animals don't eat it. You plant it once, it keeps coming back over and over and over for you. It's just a really good herb plant for you here. Now, some of you have got to dill. You've got coriander, basil. These are all plants that by the end of October, you want to harvest those because first frost, they're goners. They're dead, and they're not coming back next year. That's it. They're considered annual herbs. All the ones I just mentioned before, the rosemary, the lavender, the chives, the mint, oregano, thyme, marjoram, these are all perennials. You're going to come back year after year after year. Some might hibernate if you're at the higher elevations like Groom Creek, uh, the Highland Pines, the Williams and Flagstaff. Some might uh, just stay green if you're in the lower elevations, Cotwood, Camp Verde, Payson, Kingman, Prescott, the Prescott Valleys, Spring Valley, they'll stay green for us. So some might hibernate a little bit underground. They come right back very, very early in the spring of the year. But you're just having, it's less work. My philosophy with anytime I'm putting a garden together is, and I'm a flower grower, so I love color. I love annuals. But I want to put a foundation of perennials in that garden. Something that just comes back year after year after year, and then I accessorize with annuals. So I'm not committed to the entire bed being annuals. It's going to die off this winter. I've got to redo it again. I want, I've got sections that are that way. I'll replace this little splotches of color through the gardens, through my containers with annual colors. So right now I'm spotting in um, snapdragons, spotting in pansies and violas, Marigolds, these are things that look great through the end of the year, even even right through winter for most of us, most of our gardens. So I'm replacing the petunias and the geraniums, uh, those things that look great in the summer, but first frost, they're going to be dead. They're going to be gone. And then it leaves big openings in my gardens. So there's this playing with the seasons, and herbs are a great one of those that stays evergreen. You could spot in there. It looks good in a container garden, in a vegetable garden, in an herb garden, 
Looks good in, in, beside the driveway, wherever you want. Herbs look great and they adapt so well here. And fall is a great time to plant those. We've got more in store for you, so don't change that dial. More tips, tricks, and garden techniques to make a difference in your yard this autumn garden planting season right after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Water's companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red wall creeper. Water's red wall creeper is specially selected to dress up those miles of stockade fence. A mountain vine with rich green foliage turns fire engine red through autumn. Water's native vines are just $49 and both deer and rabbit proof. You'll find the showiest vines here at Water's Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Water's Garden Center. Wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose fertilizer from Waters Garden Center. Monsoon is right around the corner, and it's the perfect time to feed your plants. Waters All-Purpose Fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well, greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So we were thrown for a loop here the last couple of weeks. The West, with all those fires, it has affected trucking, harvesting, working, in the farm fields. So the, these uh, farms are typically on the lowlands next to the, the rivers and creeks. And so the, this, the, the smoke just settled in on them. And so the workers could not get into the fields to pull our inventory, to, to harvest the crop. And then when the truckers were loaded, well, some of the highways are just slowed down because of smoke or they're diverted or it has really put a kink into things. We had no no deliveries last week. This week we've doubled up. So finally, we've got a lot more plants coming in. So it's amazing what nature, how it can derail things for you. So this is just such a great time. This is your fall planting season. I just put together a list of the companion plants of autumn. thought I would share those with you. Just what are things each month I try to put together a list of plants that just look good that month together, and they grow in the same gardens. So I just thought I'd, this is the October list of fall companion plants you'll find here at Waters. We create signage, we put them together. Just These are things that people look for, ask for, that are, that are just beautiful. And you have to start all autumn gardens with mums. We've got Cheryl Mons, what I've finished, but or featured. We've got a lot of different colors, but this is your classic pumpkin orange mom. It just looks so good with pansies and kale. It just it's a perennial. Here's another thing too with mums. You'll find there's two basic types of mums. There's greenhouse grown mums, and these are mums you'll find at the grocery store, the florist, you know, your your the drugstore. They're every face it, mums are everywhere. Most of them are going to be an annual. That is, they're made to look good for now, and by the end of Thanksgiving, they're meant to be thrown away. Then there's a whole series of, of landscape mums. They're usually a little bigger, 
and they're much hardier and they're grown outdoors. They're not grown, grown under, they're, they're just used to our environment. So these are the ones you'll find here at Waters Garden Center. Most of your, your family nurseries, that's what you, they're growing their moms outdoors for this reason. So you can put them in the ground after you're done. So I've got some moms out by the front door. They look great. When they're done uh, blooming or the holidays are over, I'm going to go out and plant them out in the landscape. I want to enjoy them closer now. So I use them as an annual, but then I plant them like a perennial. works really well. The flowers, it will actually take a break. Uh, by usually I'll keep my mums up till the snows of January start to load up on them. They fall over. Then I'll prune them back at that point. So usually into January, February, I'll prune back my mums. But I even, even when they're straw color, they just look good. They've got this form to them. That's so pretty, but they'll come back year after year after year. That that's the difference. Start with mums. I got derailed by how mums are grown. Buy a perennial mom because you're tuned into a garden show. I'm sure you want a perennial variety, but that's that's what you're looking at. Uh, Prescott Blaze Maple or Autumn Blaze Maple. It's a classic maple leaf. It's probably the hardiest, the fastest growing of all of the red maples you'll find that grows up at, the, uh, up at elevation. What you really want are maples that can take the wind. So many maples get torn, the leaf torn. This autumn blaze, it doesn't do that. It's just really a good choice for up here at, at, at higher elevations. Compact burning bush. This is a bush about head high. Turns bright red like it's burning on fire. It's beautiful. It's just a great shrub that's hardy up here at high elevations. Four season climate. Gets up to about head high. Burning bush. Red Virginia creeper. Grows wild up through the Bradshaws, the Minguses. It's a vine that grows up or ground cover. Again, bright red. It goes with red kale. Kales are, it's an ornamental kale. It, you could eat it, but it's got kind of a bitter flavor. This is just really pretty. Gets a big head on it, maybe 18 inches across. It just fills up a container or a garden, and it blooms right, or it looks like that right through winter. Those are the six companion plants that look good together through the fall of the year here at Waters Garden Center. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.